The Women in Agile podcast series amplifies voices of outstanding women in the Agile community. We're dedicated to sharing the wisdom and inspiration our community has to offer by telling our stories, being thought leaders, and having open conversations with our allies. This series is brought to you in partnership from the Women in Agile organization and scrum.org. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Women in Agile podcast. I'm your host, Leslie Morse, and today you get to meet Jill Stott. She is the Vice President of Innovation at Next Up Solutions. She works to develop better ways to assist people in improving business outcomes and employee and customer happiness. Her current motto is, Agile is simple, people are complicated. Jill knows that culture can make or break an Agile transformation, and as a result, she focuses equally on developing Agile mindsets as well as applying stellar mechanics. I really hope you enjoyed the fun and laughter and passion that Jill brings forward in this conversation. As we're talking, you'll hear us unpack different aspects of her career and those moments where she found opportunities to really check in with herself and see what she needed to do in order to inspect and adapt so she can get to a place in her career where she feels fulfilled and unstoppable. We hope you find a few moments in here that are inspiration for you and that you enjoy listening. Thanks for tuning in. Hello, Jill. Hello, Leslie. How are you? I am well. Thank you for joining me today. It's my pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, and I find uh, your energy very infectious. So I'm hoping our (laughs) listeners today catch a little bit of that as well. I hope so too. I know I I always get fully caffeinated whenever I join something like this. And so I apologize if I'm too loud and too excited. (laughs) Well, you know, I don't think we as women should ever be afraid of being too loud or too excited. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Sisters. A little saboteur chatting in uh, the back of our head, telling us that maybe we shouldn't be our full authentic selves all the time. Absolutely. It's like pipe down, blend in, blend in. You're right. I agree. Thank you. Well, and and to help learn more about you and your authentic self and let our listeners just get to know a little bit more about you, could you tell us a short story about what led you to Agile um, and, and kind of what got you to being here with me right now and having this conversation. Oh, it's a long journey. It was a long <laughs> journey. So yeah, sure. So I actually started in an IT as a technical writer in the earth. Well, actually, it was a long time ago, like 25 years ago. And I didn't know anything about anything. So kind of trial by fire where I, I was working with software developers, software development team. And we had no process for at least a year. It was complete chaos. Uh, when I talk about this, I call it the dark times. We had many dark times. <laughs> and uh, we had literally people sleeping over at night. Mm. Uh, we would come in on the weekends and it was just unsustainable, if you will. And so we had a boss come in and said, okay, well, you know, we really need process. And we were all like, yeah. And so we implemented some very traditional process. We didn't call it waterfall. I don't, we just called it a process where, and this is when I transitioned to be a business analyst and all the documentation, we did all these things thinking this will make it better. And it did. Honestly, it, it was better leap forward. And so every six months or so, we'd get like this new software development manager and this person would come in with their own agenda. Now we're going to switch to this process and this process. And it got to the point where those of us who stuck around, it was just like a flavor of the month, whatever. We never really saw much progress or huge improvements. You know, we still have the same challenges over and over again. Oh, we can never make our deadline and we always get yelled at. 
And then about yeah, 15 years ago, I guess, um, they introduced Scrum. I didn't train any of us, of course. <laughs> and we were all just like, whatever, this will last for six months. Um, and at this time, I was in software testing. Hmm. And so one of my, not just me, but all of the, the testers, we would see there's no way we're going to make this date and deliver all this scope. And we would say it over and over again as soon as we could because we wanted everybody to have that information from the executives on down. And it was constantly, no, you're just being negative. You guys are just being dark clouds, you know, to our sunny disposition. And then it was, it took maybe four or five months of doing Scrum where the visibility of the work and the actual progress, it wasn't just, oh, that's the, the tester's opinion. It was like, that was like bright light was just shine on everything. I'm like, this is different. Yeah. This is different. And that's the thing that hooked me, honestly, was that transparency. You know, Jill, there's something about the way that you're describing this that makes me feel like you had the luxury of being in a situation where people didn't run away from that transparency. Is that true for your story of sort of getting connected to Scrum? Uh, to, to a point, yes. Okay. Yes. Because uh, they, they, they couldn't. <laughs> right. It was mandated, which actually I was glad for, that this is where it is. Everybody had access to it. I don't think they realized what they were actually doing. They, the managers at the time, but um, absolutely. And then we all embraced that concept. It, it was it was amazing. I mean, we still had problems, obviously, but just that alone, we were having a lot more informative conversations. We were able to plan better. We were able to be honest and realistic as we were going through our release cycle and able to communicate that back to our customers. And so they started to get a little more confidence in us and happier as well. So yes, absolutely. That's great. And then there, is there anything sort of unique about your experience as a woman going through this journey or things you observe that feel important about the role women are playing in the global agile community right now? Interesting. So, so for, for my journey, having worked like 99% of the people were men that I worked with. So we had a lot of women on the business side. However, a lot of women product owners generally were women. So they had a huge influence on me, honestly, just to see these strong, capable women of just taking on a room of 30 people, mostly men, and saying, here's what we're going to do and why. And everybody respected them and listened to them. And, and for me, and I was young and naive and scared of everything. And it, just to see that was just like, oh, I could do that too. Yeah. So absolutely, absolutely. And, and right. it was hard. I mean, life is always hard for women. But back in the day, like the environment, I just I needed a job. I needed money. So I just had to go along with all the horrible things that were said and done and stuff like that. But I, I'm so delighted that that has changed. I know it's still an issue, but man, we've come a long way, baby. Yeah, we have. And I think that's really the theme of what we want to unpack together today is sort of what is that wisdom that you've accumulated throughout this career in sort of a passing it forward to, you know, our listeners who are earlier in their careers, things to think about. So maybe they don't find themselves in some of the same situations or can contribute even more to creating a better environment for the women who are coming behind us. So, like, what are some of those big learnings? 
Well, that, that's an interesting question, and I'm still learning. You know, I yeah. wish I, I've learned it all. I probably never will. Maybe when I'm dead, I'll figure it out. But um, <clears throat> there's a lot of things I regret, but I didn't know what I didn't know. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> oh, I I spent most of my career working my patootie off, coming in late, coming in late, coming in late, and leaving early, <laughs> coming in early, staying till eight. Every day, all day, because I figure I got to get this done. I've got to be this rock star. I've got to be go above and beyond. And along that journey, I didn't take any time to think, well, what does Jill want? Mm. What do I need to do for myself? So it's not just I'm punching a time clock or whatever. It's it, something I'm passionate about and something I love to do. And, you know, just in the last year, I've, I've realized, whoa, Jill, <laughs> it's time. It's time. It's finally time. To, you know, half a century later, I'm, I'm ready to just say, hey, this is what I'm good at. Uh, this is what I love to do. And this, the Agile space is really giving me that vehicle to kind of figure out who I am and where I want to go with this. What goes on with your sort of intuitive self in your inner voices as you're coming to that awareness of I'm not maybe or haven't in the past been doing things that were really passion aligned for me? What were some of those indicators that was true for you? Ooh, that that's that's interesting. Um, well, I, I think it's multiple things. One, you have to believe in yourself, right? Mm. And I, I'm always. I'm full of I'm my own worst critic, like a lot of us are, and <clears throat> just realizing that, and then having a couple of friends who are are women, who are like, "Oh, she did it! I could do that!" You know, she started her own business; I could do that. And like, then that was kind of like the realization: Yeah, you can. Yeah, you'll have to work hard, but I'm very good at working hard, and I'm very good at researching things. So I, I think that, and then continuing that mindset, because it's so easy just to slip back. Oh, it's too hard. It's too much work. No one will give me a break. And that's what I'm always fighting against. Yeah. For me, there's a version of the, you know, anytime I have that itch around, like, am I in the place that I want to be really sorting through what is what is feeling unsettled for me at the moment? And then this other voice that comes in that says, shouldn't you just be grateful for what you have now? Why do you feel like you need something different or something more? And I don't know what that, I'm, maybe there's a protector quality of like protecting me from my own ambition that's going on there. But like, what are those kind of voices in your head? That's, that is fascinating. You're very self-aware. I don't think I am as self-aware as Leslie yet. Someday I will. Like, oh my goodness. I I don't know. I don't know. And I think that's worth introspecting on, honestly. Um, But when you said that, like, I I do that too. Like, I didn't even realize I do that. Yeah. Like, why are I getting, yeah, status school's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, why do we self-sabotage? I don't know. Yeah, I don't. Me. I guess. Yeah, I um I don't entirely know either, <laughs> but I am a very aware of the multiple conflicting opinions that live mm. inside my brain and heart at the same time. Well, I'd <laughs> say brain, heart, and gut. Yes, <laughs> yes, those gut feelings. Mm-hmm. Yes, and that that's you know they have, there's actually brain cells they found in your gut. Like it's actually a thing. I've heard that before. Did you read I've that? I was like before. fascinating. Like ah, it's not just some saying. Absolutely, and and. Thank you. You're really helping me see this in a different light where I feel a certain way in my gut. And uh, instead of 
yeah, that just go away, go away, go away. That's mm-hmm. something you need to just tune into and listen to. Yeah. And yeah. say, okay, let's bring this out into the open and figure out what's going on. And if there's some changes I need to make or whatever, do it. Yeah. When this, I've, um, there's a mental model that I learned, um, through some, some studying I did around three levels of reality. Um, I learned it in my Orsk coach training around there's, um, consensus reality, right? The day-to-day tactical details and things we deal with every moment. There is dreaming the things like we want in the world. It could be like dreaming about what we want to have for dinner tonight, or it could be, you know, life-changing sort of dreams. But then underneath both of those, there's this idea of like essence, where it is just a feeling or this sensation. And the moment you put words to it, it's chased away. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so I think there's something mm. about like, I feel this, let me just slow down and sit with it. Mm-hmm. And like, what, you know, what is there to learn in just this feeling getting curious or so when are other times I've felt this way, where might there be a pattern in all of that, that I think can be so useful for just, short circuiting how our brains can just start racing. Mm. That's, that's great. That, thank you for sharing that as well. A- absolutely. In fact, <clears throat> and sometimes when I'm coaching, that's what I start with. Mm-hmm. Hey, how, did, how do you feel about that last sprint? How do you feel? And then yeah. identifying those emotions, it's a lot more complicated than a lot of us realize. Yes. Is it anger? Is it scared? Is it something else? And then that's that great, like you said, let, how do I get sit within that emotion to mm-hmm. fully talk about it and understand it? And before you start solutioning and complaining and all that other things, I think it's uh, a lot more effective. Yeah, it is. I, I, I think as well. And I'm noticing in this moment how I'm getting hijacked by like the other voices in my head <laughs> that are like, yeah, it's really good to sit there. And sometimes when you sit there, that this self-sabotaging voice comes in and that self-sabotaging voice comes in. And it reminds me of what you said a couple minutes ago around like, don't forget to believe in yourself. So like what, how do you know you're really believing in yourself? Like what validation or evidence do you have within yourself around that? That's an interesting question. I would have to say, going back to feelings, I feel good. Mm. I feel confident. I feel unstoppable. When I feel that way, I know I'm believing in myself. I'm not questioning, oh, no, I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have mm-hmm. done that. That's fundamental right there. Yeah. How, do you, how do you balance that confidence, like, especially that thing you just said, right? Like, you know, oh, I shouldn't have said that. And the second guessing yourself sort of in the moment versus allowing yourself to just be that authentic you. How, does, how do you see that playing out sort of, now and how it might it be different than it was several years ago or earlier mm. in your career? How'd you come in mm. to that confidence? So it, it, th- that voice still comes in. It, it does. And I'm not going to lie to you. In fact, something happened a little bit ago where I did a dumb comment on LinkedIn and I just was like beating myself up for like an hour. I had to go for a drive to drive around to like, oh my goodness, let it go. Uh, but I think younger Jill would have let that fester for days Mm -hmm. and days and then maybe I guess put limits on myself. Well, I'm never going to go on LinkedIn again. You know what I mean? Like I don't want that to happen because I was uncomfortable. Uh, So so I think that that's it. It still gets me down. It's still a struggle, but I can bounce back a lot quicker. Yeah. That resiliency Mm -hmm. is part of what I'm hearing is in confidence for you and maybe grace 
for yourself and that, that acknowledgement, like I'm not going to be perfect all the time. And, but I, and I can forgive myself when as an authentic human, things don't go great all the time. Yeah, exactly. And that as I was driving around, it's like, well, what do you think? You're perfect. Like nobody is. It's okay. Yeah. Chill. <laughs> what, um, we often sometimes learn the most from those moments when we're not perfect. Mm. The right. There's like, Ooh, I really stepped in it there. Um, I'd like to have that one back. Cause if I did it again, I do this. Um, and I, and I've heard from listeners before, like those, those stories are often some of the most powerful ones. Um, how's your vulnerability level feeling today? Got any of those good sort of, I stepped in at learning moment stories. Well, one of my jokes is I've made all the mistakes. I, I've done like the worst thing, like jobs I'd start. Okay, whatever you do, don't do this. And I do it. And then, but just like you said, even though it's so horrible at the time, I, those are the things I never forget. And I learn from, and then I tell other people. So I was like, so you don't have to do what I did. Here's what could happen if you do X, Y, and Z. And here's how to deal with it. Quick story, if you don't mind. I don't know yeah. why this just came to mind, but one of my first jobs, I worked at a convenience store. And um, it was the first time I'd ever closed up by myself. So they had all of these different lights and things that you had to turn off and all that fun stuff. So it was closed on the weekend. So I did that. It was really confusing. And then I left and I came back the next Monday and I had turned off the cooler. And so Oops. my boss, Bob Ross. <clears throat> Not the painter. No, but I swear he was. He he was completely bald, but he looked just like him. He kept denying it. Right? I know you're. I know you are. And he was really cool about it. He's like, you just cost us thirty thousand dollars because all the milk products. And I just, I felt so bad. I felt so guilty. And then years later, I, <laughs> it was a systems problem, Leslie. It wasn't a personal problem. They didn't have any of them labeled. Right. None of the little light switches were labeled. Wouldn't it be simpler just to put in, don't turn this off, don't turn this off. And then it wouldn't be an issue for anybody again. So that's like my lesson learned for that. Yeah. Yeah. And how, also just a great story of like leadership. They easily could have fired you over that, but they didn't. Oh, I thought um, for sure he he yeah. would, but he and he wasn't like yelling at me or anything. He's just like, "This isn't cool," you know. And I apologized, and it, we moved on. Like he didn't bring it up ever again. Which actually, that was amazing. That is really lovely. My my version of turning off the cooler <laughs> um, was so at a startup in college that did purely web development, and as I was approaching graduation, we merged with another. Um, company that was in an incubator we were part of that really did software development. And so I'm like, I'm in classes in the, at the business school. Um, and then I'd walk downstairs to the Dean's office and we do a pitch for like redoing the whole business school's web presence and building an alumni portal for the MBA program and all these sort of things. We end up winning the business which is awesome. So I'm like starting the project as I'm wrapping up my last semester and we go live. I don't know. Um, 
the next year or whatever. And somebody called up for customer service because like something in their alumni portal account wasn't right. And we didn't have a, you know, a backend support portal. Like you were using putty and command lining directly into the production database. I haven't heard of putty forever. (laughs) You're looking up stuff and their graduation year was wrong and needed to get updated. Well, Mm. I forgot the clause in the command that was like only for this person. So Every single alum's graduation year was updated to 1979. <laughs> There's no control Z there. No, no. Fortunately, it was my company and I didn't fire myself, or, or like, or, nor did my co-owners fire me. Um, but it was... It's something like we can tell these stories and we can like tell these cautionary tales, but there's almost something about like, you also have to just experience it. It's, it's like with your kids, you don't want them to teach touch the hot burner on the stove, but until they kind of do it themselves, they really don't understand what hot is. Like you can only protect people from some types of mistakes so often. Do you have a story that's like, I really don't want you as a woman growing your career in technology and in agile or any of these adjacent spaces. Like I really want you to have to the, the luxury to forego this sort of thing. Do you have any of those sort of stories? I guess I have one. Um, It's a lot of that's just been more being ignored, you know, Mm. being ignored, being ignored, being ignored and swept, swept aside. But I'll never forget um, at at a job I had, I, I learned that I was significantly underpaid compared to my male counterparts. And so I I don't know if this aligns to the question, but um, so I brought that up with the boss. And he said to me, well, so-and-so is supporting a family, so that's why he needs more money than you. Mm. I was was super young. I'm just, like, furious, but I didn't know what to do with that, so I just left. Left the room or left the job? Left the room eventually for the job. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. And if, and, and if this were me talking to younger Jill, I would say, you know, get out of the job as quickly as you can um, sort of thing. So I'm glad that you did make that choice. And that is certainly a thing that like, I would just be devastated if one of our listeners got into that. And I'm sure that there are plenty that have because that wage inequity still isn't solved. Exactly. What do we get? 75 cents on the dollar? It's just insane. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ab- absolutely. Yeah. I, yeah. I, if that ever happens, call me. I'll hook you up. I'll get you a job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really. There's um. Is there anything in your quest to be your authentic self that you might have had those those lessons of maybe suppressing who you were and not being able to be authentic that didn't serve you well or anything in that area? Yeah. So. There, there are some stories. So I started agile coaching and training about eight years ago. And um, my nature is just who I am. So when I do a training, it's fun. And I put silly slides up with funny cartoons. And a couple of the fellow coaches were like, that's not professional. Mm. That is not professional. That's not cool. That is not going to fly with the CEO and the such and such and such. Um, <laughs> but I couldn't stop, Leslie. I just couldn't stop. 
Oh my God, presented this to the senior VPs and they never thought anything of it as far as it being unprofessional. So I was tempted, well, maybe I'll go and make it professional just to please so-and-so. And then, no, I, I didn't because I knew, I knew that the students in those trainings got value out of it and they enjoyed it and they were learning agile. And yeah. so, so, so that, that I think about that all the time and it's like, yeah, this is who I am and no one else is like me. And so I'm going to leverage that. And that's my brand. Um, I was trying to get better, of course, but better subjective, I suppose. Yeah. I love that. that I mean, that, you use that phrase, your brand. Like mm. if you, how would you describe what your brand is? I wanted mm. to kind of inspire people to be able to sort of think about how they might describe their own. Hmm. Interesting. So, so my brand right now, my, my motto is do more stuff better. Mm. That's my, that's, that's my motto. So I, I, I guess my brand is I really want to assist other people to help them to understand how to manage work better, how to have a better culture and an environment. I'm super passionate about that. So my brand would be funny, fun, funny, engaging, and then just a super, like a partner, I, I suppose. Like I'm, if I'm doing coaching, if I'm doing training, I'm always like, okay, what more can I do for you? What more can I do for you? And I have people come back to me, you know, years later, hey, what about this? Like, let me research that for you. Like, give you this, because that was what excites me. Yeah. That's a lot of words, but yeah. Yeah. There, and uh, there's something in it of a undertone around the sense that anything is possible. Yes. Ooh. Ooh. Anything is possible. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I just feel inspired. I feel like yeah. it should go yeah. do something else. Well, and, and I'm just reflecting back to oh, you, like oh. what I feel and see <laughs> yes. in the way that you talk. Like that is, that's the impact in the way it shows up Yeah. Oh. for me when I hear you talk about oh, it. I love that. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. Anything is yeah. possible. And I just, with the internet now, like, oh, I want to create this website. So $25 signed up for Udemy class on how to do J- JavaScript. It's not that hard. <laughs> you know, it's, there's yeah. so many avenues to go and, I don't know, improve your brand and improve yourself that yeah. um, you can take advantage of. And you started a little bit of your how you found Agile story by um, saying like, you know, oh, like 25 years ago, blah, blah, blah. But it sounds like you're really sort of poised in this, you know, I'm redefining who I am, what my brand is and who it is that I want to be. So I can be working in alignment with what gets me up in the morning sort of thing. So like, you know, do you feel any sort of way about like, you know, I'm, I'm at this point in my career and this is what I'm doing now. Like, do you find any resistance in yourself around that? Uh, what do you mean by that? Sorry, I'm not quite like the, um, they, I remember when you and I were talking before the episode, you were like, you know, it's never too late kind of thing, you know? And so it's like, like, why, why now, I guess is sort of the question. Like what, what brought you to this in this moment? So this is kind of silly. So, um, I, a couple of years ago, I was thinking, well, you know, I'm getting older, getting long in the tooth. Maybe it's time to retire. You know, I have a nice nest egg I'll set up. And um, it, and then I realized, well, why? And then this is what's funny. Um, the Katanji Jackson, the new Supreme Court justice, mm-hmm. we're the same age. So I saw that, like, 
why am I thinking of retiring? She's just starting to shine. Like she's going to help the entire country. Like, oh my goodness. If she's going to take that leap and do that for the next 50 years, why can't I? So so that was a really, that was like a, like a wake up call for me. Um, And she's just going to get better and better. And I think I will too. I don't know where I'm going to go, honestly, in the future, but um, we'll see. Yeah, there's something about believing in yourself that's in this too. Like I think, you know, the later stage we get in our career, you know, is it worth the effort? Do I just want to coast into Mm. retirement? Mm -hmm. And then do we find ourselves in situations where it's like, we've actually been miserable for five years because we just didn't take that risk and we Mm. knew we weren't happy then, but it was like, was it worth the effort? And I think like, even if there is just one day left in your career, it is absolutely worth the effort because we spend way too much time at work in our careers to be in toxic situations or ones that aren't fulfilling or ones that aren't allowing us to bring our full potential into the world. So like having that courage to make the changes so that you can, as some of my friends would call it, have your yayas met. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, kudos to you for being like, yeah, I'll do that. And finding that inspiration in areas that are not at all the sector and the type of work you do on a day-to-day basis. Mm, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I think my my dad, bless his heart, he worked at the same job for 30 years and he hated it. He hated it every mm-hmm. day. You know, he had to get up at 4 a.m., take the bus out there. And I just kept thinking, well, why don't you quit? Why don't you find another job? I mean, and part of it's generational where once you get something, you just stick with it forever. So when yeah. I started bouncing around, he's like, what are you doing? Yeah. I went through <laughs> that with my parents as oh, well. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> okay. okay. But, but that's kind of how things are now, right? Yeah. It's like you don't sit in a job for 30 years. Um, nor, like you said, if it's something you don't love, why are you doing it? <laughs> yeah. For real, for real. But before we wrap up, any important tidbits you want to share with folks? Yes. Just to to, to wrap up, um, and this is stuff I tell myself all the time because I forget, really invest in yourself. Mm. I'm sure you're rocking at your job and you're making money for your bosses, but you need to take some time and it doesn't have to be tons of time to say, okay, where do I want to go next? What capabilities do I need to acquire in order to do that? A lot of them are free with the internet now and constantly have that in the back burner in your back pocket. It'll be illuminating for you. It'll make your life better. Plus it'll make your family life better and the world, Leslie, the world even better women out there helping us out. Yes. I was going to say the irony sort of of this for me, Jill is, you know, it's applying the 12th Agile principle to our lives, right? At regular intervals, we pause and reflect on how things are going and then adapt our behavior as a result. And we do it in context of work, but it's like, it's really that reflection on personal agility, right? And, you know, what is our own kind of personal Mm -hmm. product vision and life goal? And what are the, how are we breaking that down and reflecting and inspecting and adapting there? Yes. Um, Because you're right. Every two weeks, have a retrospective with yourself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> See if you're still aligned to the goal or maybe this isn't the goal I want anymore. Fritching, let's yes. get a new one. Yeah, for sure. For sure. What else? So, right, always be investing in yourself. Anything else? And then uh, believe in yourself and, yeah. and be yourself 
be like you said, your authentic self. I know that's so cheesy, but there's there's no one like you in the whole wide world. And I think I love diversity. I love working with people with different backgrounds from different countries. And it's like, oh, I never thought of it that way. I never thought of it that way. If everyone tried to be hom- homogenous and be like this certain pattern that we're expected to be, what a waste. What a waste mm-hmm. of your awesome skills and who you are. So yeah. that's uh I think that's the, the other thing I'd like everyone to take away. <laughs> that's great. That's great. So I will, I'll tease on um, your first of these, Jill, before uh, we we officially wrap up, which is like you talked about always investing in yourself. Mm. So what is that thing you're geeking out on right now? Where are you doing your own professional development and how might like, you know, it might inspire others. So that's why I want to know about it. So I, so I've done some coding. I was an agile tester. So I did a lot of that, uh, but it was VB script. So I'm learning. I did a whole web, how to create your own HTML and CSS, which is actually a lot easier than I thought with the tools I have today. And then learning more of the JavaScript. So I'm mm-hmm. going to create some agile games online for me to use in my training and hopefully everybody else could use as well with their teams. <clears throat> so that's kind of what I'm working on right now. Also uh, looking and investigating, re- researching more about instructional design, mm-hmm. like getting really good. At, I worked with so many great people who that was their major and like, okay, I need to, I want some of that capability myself. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting. Like just the, the brief vignette you gave on that. I heard the three aspects from Dan Peak: autonomy, mastery, and purpose. Mm. Right. Like I have a purpose. I want to use agile games in my training that I do. And I want others to be able to use them too. Like there's like that purpose. I'm getting to learn the new thing, right? The HTML and CSS. And I can, I can do it myself, right? I'm not having to rely on somebody else to do it. Like, like there's all three pieces of that in that one short example. what do you think of when I kind of reflect that back? Yeah, it's that, absolutely. Uh, so just a funny little anecdote. So there was a, a tech person that works at my same company. And I just, I said, well, I'll just do it myself. I'll just learn JavaScript. And he scoffed. Mm-hmm. So part of me just to do it just for spite. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, well, and it's like reminding ourselves, like, we can do anything, right? Anything is possible. I know, right. We can figure this out. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I love that. All right, Jill, thank you so much for being with me today. Last chance, final wisdom, anything you want to drop on our listeners? Uh, uh, I think you're, Call me, call me. I want to connect. If, if you ever want to just talk, I would love to hear from you. LinkedIn me. I promise I won't put anything dumb in any those responses. But uh, yeah, enjoy your lives, man. It's short. I just got back. Some, when I was feeling down, I, I drive around the cemetery and it makes mm. me realize, hello, life is not very long. You got to yeah. make the most of it while you can. Yeah. You have to make the most of it while you can. But what a perfect underline for this whole conversation. Make the most of it while mm. you can. Mm. I love that. Jill, thanks again for being here. I really appreciate it. It was delightful to get to chat with you. It, it's, it's the afternoon for me when we're recording this. And it feels like the perfect sort of pick me up to lead me into my evening. So I appreciate Yay. this time with you. Thank you so much, Leslie. I appreciate it. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Women in Agile podcast. It's brought to you in partnership from the Women in Agile nonprofit organization and scrum.org. 
We hope you've learned something new and invite you to tell a friend or a coworker about the podcast. And as always, you can go online to womeninagile.org to learn more about our initiatives and find additional inspiring podcast conversations.